0: Welcome to Ben Navarez podcast. With your host, Ben Navarez.
1: Howdy and welcome back to the Ben Navarez podcast. Uh, thank you all for joining in. Today we have Mr. Adam Spar. Uh, Adam It's nice to have you. Thank you for coming on and taking some time out of your day to to join and and to talk.
0: I appreciate being invited. It's good to talk to you.
1: So Adam and I know each other initially from when he came to uh, College Station, I guess the last year of living in College Station, I think, right? Two years. Last two years of being in College Station. Uh, Damn, I didn't even realize. Uh, wow wow that is kind of cool. that's kind of cool it's kind of cool realization honestly, <laughs> yeah. honestly kind of looking back on it um so i was we were both training at weird was, i was adam's trainer at gold's um and then we just became friends and we we're we're here now and adam now lives in where
0: i live in phoenix arizona now
1: okay very cool
0: backward all began
1: yeah isn't that crazy
0: this is my- I grew up here, so my family's all still here. So,
1: how does it feel? Kind of nice to.
0: Ah, uh, it's it's different. It's um, you know, I kind of I went to undergrad in Colorado, so when I left Arizona, I didn't really have any intentions of ever coming back. And it's just kind of how the wind blows. Sometimes, I guess you kind of expect the unexpected and roll with it. And the timing actually worked out really well because my um, sister, the last year that I was in college station she announced that she was pregnant with twins so it was kind of nice to come back and be an uncle and all that good stuff so it's been good no complaints
1: how are the kiddos
0: oh they're so funny they're so great two girls Uh um and they're a little over a year now and walking and kind of babbling a little bit and it's just they're hilarious i love being around them it's so much fun
1: being around kids is such—I mean, they're definitely there's no filter around kids. That's for sure. Um, or like, kids have no filter, um, and it just I—I—I I, I coach a kids' camp, and so I've been able to see some kiddos uh, that are significantly older, nine, ten years old, uh, and just seeing the way they interact only with each other, and then watching them grow into being people is is so cool. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it really is and that's a fun age too because like you said there is no filter and it just all comes out and the good the bad the ugly embarrassing i mean it's just it's that's a fun age to
1: to be um it's gonna be really fun for you to to actually to see them grow into to to being babies to full people
0: i know well it's already like i mean they're just a little over a year so it's but even they're each time I see them there's like weeks in between just we're being kind of careful because of COVID but yeah. um, you know each time I see them it's completely they're like completely different people and new
1: personalities emerge and it's just they're so funny they're so how, funny how does how does COVID how is COVID affecting what y'all are doing like, are y'all pretty closed down? Sorry. No, question. no. I
0: mean, we were for like a month and then Arizona has been at various times the worst anywhere. Um, So uh, I've been working at home uh, since last March. So almost a full year I've been working from home. Uh, I was working from home when I first got to know you for a different grocery company and then I got to work for another one here in Phoenix, and uh, was back in the office for six months, and then they closed everything down. So,
1: man, uh, the timing—that yeah. is crazy. I know. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, at least it didn't wasn't much of an adjustment, really, for me. Yeah. Um, Derek, my partner, is a veterinarian, so he still is going into. The hospital every day they do curbside appointments though so the owners don't actually come into the hospital they receive the animal and then they bring them back and then they go back outside and give the news and discuss treatment and all that with the owners at their car windows so um, that's been c- kind of tricky for him to navigate at times because in the summers here it's a thousand degrees so yeah. you don't exactly want to be spending too much time outside but Uh, But I mean, it's worked out. I mean, you just kind of learn to adapt, I guess. I mean, it just sort of is what it is. And I think everybody's probably had their moments with it where it's frustrating and depressing and all of that stuff. But you just kind of have to go one day at a time and do your best. So that's all it is.
1: I think at this point, you have a lot of practice having to adapt to a lot of different interesting circumstances just with work with travel coming to college station initially leaving college station getting the different jobs like these past couple of years you definitely have have lived quite a life
0: i know i was actually kind of thinking about that a little bit because uh, you know when i well first when i met you i didn't really have any friends or any outlet in college station whatsoever so it was really nice to be able to to come and get to know you and i had never worked out or anything like that before and we can talk about that more in a little bit but i think like i didn't i didn't really think about how much my life had changed just in the last 10 years really and i used to kind of think like i'm kind of boring like i don't i don't know what, what i'm going to talk to you about today but there actually has been a lot of stuff that i've done and places i've gone and it's been quite the ride
1: what's one thing that you've well, i guess what's two, like i have several different questions but what's one place that so far you've just def, definitely enjoyed um like out of all your travel and experiences what's one spot that you can attribute a lot of um whether it be growth or uh, failure that ended up leading to growth What what is one place that you think would carry most of that weight for you or is there is there a space, or is it just a culmination of all of it?
0: Sure, uh, I think Colorado for sure is where I did my most work, growing, failing, uh, learning all that stuff. I think uh, I went I went to undergrad at the University of Colorado in Boulder. I lived in Colorado from the time I was eighteen until the time I was thirty one. Uh, so yeah, there was a lot of, a lot that happened in that time. Yeah, it was the of, first place that I owned a, I owned my own house. There it was the first time I went through the process of owning a home and I came out of the closet there and experienced all the highs and lows that go along with that. And, um, yeah, I was an EMT for a while. I did that while I was there. I forgot I about built that my own entirely. I built my own business while I was there, graphic design on the side, so there's just a lot of, a lot of things going on at that time. But Colorado is probably the place where I have my best and worst memories.
1: Damn, was it? I mean, I would imagine Colorado's pretty open. Was coming out difficult in Colorado, or was it mainly just revolved like personal, like family, friends? Was that the hard part, or was like the location the difficult part?
0: The location was actually really easy because I was in Boulder, yeah. <laughs> so Boulder's pretty chill and hippie and free love and all that good stuff but i think the hardest part about that was definitely how it affects your social circle and how it affects your family and um, i was kind of in the middle of training to be an emt when i did come out and i had some difficulty kind of navigating that just because there were people that i was around that i knew were not cool and kind of felt like as I was coming out, I had to also kind of stay in a little bit. That's rough. So trying to figure it out was tricky, but after a certain point, I just really didn't give a shit anymore. I was was going to say, yeah, pretty much like, fuck it. Yeah, you're going to just like, if you have a problem with me, then you have a problem with me, but there's nothing that I can do about it because I'm not going to not be myself just to, you know... A Please anybody, everybody. so, yeah.
1: yeah. That's part of the reason that I thought this podcast might be kind of a cool idea. Like, you know, 50% of the people that listen to it are going to like it and 50% don't. And if the 50% don't, then cool. Like, they can find another podcast that's going to fit them a little bit better. Um, it's the same idea. It's just, you know, you, you take it or leave it. I, mean, I am who I am and um, not going to allow other people's perceptions or ideas um, stop me from living my best life. Absolutely. What, um, can
0: I ask you, what, what prompted this? Were you just kind of like looking for something new to try while COVID was happening or like what, what spurred this on? I'm
1: very so a, a lot of introspection I think has been going on. I have a, I have a really cool community of people that I, uh, that I communicate with. And so one thing that I've learned about myself or, or I think that I've learned about myself, who knows at this point, but it's something I think it's, I have a, a thing with getting to know people. I think I'm very good with just getting to know people, learning, sitting down, building relationships. Um, and yeah, just learning about people just really um, excites me. So I thought it'd be a really cool uh, thing to, who knows, maybe this, this thing does go somewhere. This, this podcast um, moves forward. Um, but if it doesn't, at the very least, I get to sit down and have some some scheduled time to chat with community, and and one of the biggest things I think in life that we don't put enough value on is uh, our community. Just learning to talk, learning to talk to people, sit down and chatting for an hour, and not being on a phone or um, on a social media or only communicating on social media. I think social media is definitely powerful, I and mean, I think that it's going to be one of the ways hopefully people get to. Uh, find me, or find this, I should say, um, but there's something about talking to someone on the phone, or talking to someone in person, and um, everything that comes along with that body language, uh, the relationship itself growing, uh, and molding into something that's always so unique, because every single um, relationship is so uniquely different, uh, and I think doing the podcasting, yesterday I did one, and I was thinking while I was sitting there and, and talking or listening, uh, probably not the best interview thing to do, but uh, I was thinking, man, it'd be kind of, it. it's, it's cool to see what people are going to hear on the other end of this. They're going to hear what this relationship is and how each one of these relationships are so significantly different so far. Um, I've interviewed people from back down home that are, just slightly older than me. Excuse me. Uh, Burped a little bit. Uh, that are you know <laughs> just slightly older than me. Like that are my brother's friends that have lived uh, a unique life. I mean, everyone's lived a unique life, but uh, him in particular, Rini Baba Renz, You guys go listen to that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Doctor which was another interesting character. You know who I'm still getting to learn. Uh, had my producer on, and e- each one of these um, interactions are all just so different and unique and cool to the, to, to the, to the relationship. And each one of those relationships will grow into something um, different every day, every, every, every every conversation. Um, So I think putting value on not just community, but putting value on um, normalizing uh, failures and how they've become, can become successes um, that's one thing that I think I definitely want to focus on and talking to people and asking them like, what, what, what is something that you did that you, that you perceived was a failure at the time, but ended up becoming a success for you in your life. Um, because I think it comes back a little bit to social media where we, we see, um, this beautiful life that people live when in reality, it's not always that, that beautiful. Um, so, or like going through school and trying to figure out, man, how do you do this thing? Like, this is difficult. <laughs> um, and how do you figure figuring out life and buy my, buying a car for the first time? And, um, I think like no, nobody does it alone. And, um, I think most people feel like it'd be like, oh man, that person got so successful and they, you know, did it all by themselves. And it's like, it's, no one ever does it by themselves, um, everyone always has a community surrounding them um, in order to help them to grow and get there. So just kind of promote all of those things. I know it's a very, very long answer, but, uh, Hey, I'm
0: here for it. I love it. And when I saw that you were doing this, it actually made me really happy, which is kind of what prompted me to reach out to you in the first place, just to kind of let you know, like, I mean, it's cool when you see people's successes that you have invested interest in and that you care about and you want to see them do well. And, you know, I think I met you too at a, transitional period in your life as well you just graduated from college and trying to figure out what your next steps were going to be so it's been cool just to and we've been in touch here and there not like all the time but I think uh, certainly stayed in each other's lives and it's been cool to see what you've done in you know the couple of years now that I've been out of College Station so uh, cheers to that I mean it's just really great to, to, to see you doing your thing and I love it
1: I definitely, I definitely appreciate that. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm not sure if, you know, I'm not sure if this is the right idea or if the matches is the right idea or, you know, I don't, I don't really know. Um, but trying to take steps forward is, is the, the goal. Definitely, um, yeah. yeah. This what that's why we're doing this. I mean, just seeing your growth has been kind of cool. Just seeing you go from, I, I remember, I just, I, I remember sitting or not sitting, but standing and and talking, um, in the middle of of golds, and uh, talking about how you know people should be treated better at work, and um, it, it was just a cool connection because we both I can't I think at the time we had both kind of connected well on on that area um how has been how has your time been where, where you currently are
0: it has been good it has been an adjustment because I worked by myself really I had freelance clients that I worked with um kind of all over the place when uh when I was first getting to know you um and I did that for like 13 years. I was mostly just a freelance graphic designer. Um, and I had one main client that uh, you probably, a lot of my workout aggression was kind of channeled. yeah uh, I that, that way. Um, but when I moved back here, that like it again, the transition, the timing of everything was kind of good because my contract with them ended uh in the in february of 2019 um and then we moved back to phoenix in july um and then i got my current job in september so i had a good stretch where i really didn't have much i would pick up like odd jobs and i would do uh little like logo things or portraits stuff like that just to kind of make a few bucks here and there but yeah um I got back into the corporate world, which uh, was where I started. My first job out of college was with the same company. Um, And yeah, I mean, it did take a while to kind of get back into the groove of the established routine of actually getting up and, you know, you walk the dogs and you take a shower and you get dressed and you have to dress like it's business casual. So it's, you know a schlub every day and actually like, uh, going in. And I think the biggest thing though was like working with people again, because I was so disconnected from that before that I had kind of lost some of those skills, I guess. I mean, I've always, I always feel like that I've been pretty good with people, but when you're in a professional environment, it's so different. And yeah. I definitely, ended up um, with a good overall group of people. Um, But my smaller group that I do the majority of my day-to-day with presented a lot of challenges. There were a lot of very uh, different, difficult personalities, and I struggled trying to figure out how I fit back into this world again. So, you know, I kind of for a while was like, Again, it's sort of the like, well, I'm going to try really hard to make sure everybody likes me because I don't want anybody to hate me. But then you kind of have to pull up and that's exhausting. So you just are yourself. And if people like you, great. If not, not, you're not going to be best friends with everybody and you have to just kind of let your work speak for itself. And the one thing that I will say with confidence, I'm good at what I do. And I knew that if I just showed my leadership that, then the rest would work its way out. So,
1: Adam is definitely very good at what he does. You're you're definitely pretty damn good, <laughs> like really damn good. Um, so yeah, it definitely helps when you can have it uh, down, kind of show up and, and get it done. Um, are, do you work with a with a with a team or, or so? How does it work? Like like are there a team of graphic designers that kind of all work on a project together? Do you do you guys section things out like? You're doing produce and you're doing. We have, right. Yeah.
0: yeah. We have like uh, teams within teams. So we have one large marketing team that's split into different uh, pieces, I guess. So there's an advertising component, there's a design component, there's a communications component, and everybody kind of, you're all working on the same things, whether or not you really realize it or not. So. I kind of always approach the piece of it that I'm responsible for as it's kind of my vision of somebody else's vision of somebody else's vision. That's all kind of coming together for one one piece of this much larger pie.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: I think you can kind of get into a trap sometimes of, oh, well, what I'm doing is the most important thing. And can develop a little bit of an ego about it if you're not careful. So I like to just kind of think about what I'm doing in that moment. And if there's something that I need from somebody else, making sure that I've developed relationships within those other groups that I don't necessarily work with all the time. Um, and it just makes the communication flow a lot. That's my goal. Anyway, I don't know how successful I've been at it, but
1: uh, you're still working there, right? Yeah. There we yep. go. Must be doing okay.
0: <laughs> Must be doing okay. I'm doing something right. I don't know. Maybe, I'm happy maybe. to have a job during the pandemic. So
1: yeah, seriously. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I know a lot of friends that have lost jobs, especially bartenders and servers, and it's just the, the stimulus check is isn't isn't enough to hold people over. Um, oh, please, there's definitely some places. Check was a joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, God. But. but I, I mean, I think the fact that it happened is kind of like, is cool to see it, to see it happen. Um, but definitely doesn't do uh, a lot, but I mean, it definitely did something. Um, and just seeing friends struggle is, is makes me much more appreciative of working where I work and, you know, appreciative of the, the people that are willing to keep us on. Um, I, when we shut down entirely, I work with people one-on-one, um, we weren't able to to meet with anybody. So instead they, they moved me over to maintenance and they, they, you know, they were nice enough to still pay me and keep me on the payroll, uh, just doing a different job. So there's definitely got got to be thankful for the people out there who are um, willing to do those kinds of things and help us kind of keep, keep our jobs. It's kind of nice.
0: Well, and that's the thing that I, you know, I've, I shouldn't say the stimulus check was a joke because I don't mean it like that. I think, when you have people that really are depending on it, every little bit counts. So I would yeah. like to make that clear, but I think part of why I think it's, it's almost insulting the amount just because of what we, what we pay for in this country. And I think some people really do bust their asses to make sure that they're making ends meet. And some people work two, three jobs, and this has tested a lot of people. And, you know, my, the business that i'm in we depend a lot on frontline workers and it can't go without like you can't go without saying that i mean you you'd have no life or you'd have no stability without these people and i think it really kind of has shown a light on just how much we depend on our healthcare workers our grocery store workers our mail carriers i mean people whose jobs i think it's not uncommon for people to turn their noses up at and say oh this is like the best that you can do but those are the people now that we're depending on to survive so you know it just really makes you think like the measure of success and how we view success and how we view uh, what's considered worthy or whatever is is been very interesting this, this last year I think.
1: I think we put a lot of emphasis on having a degree um, when when you really really don't need a degree nowadays to be to be I mean successful and, and I get thing and I think most people see success as financial financial success is I think the uh-huh. easiest visual uh, for people and so I think you you don't need a degree to be f- successful if you're gonna find it financially define it financially um, think you, you I know the guy who's doing my my podcast Kyle he doesn't have a degree and he also does graphic design and also, you know, is a producer for, for, for a podcast for a couple different podcasts and, you know, just success, successful, successful. He's doing well. Um, as, I think as long as you are willing to work hard and seek it out and, you know, be find it, then, then it's definitely out there. There's plenty of opportunities. Um, there's just a lot of pressure on, you gotta have the degree. You gotta, you gotta have the piece of paper. Um, when I don't always necessarily think that's, that's the truth. I mean, work, you can go work in the oil field, you can go um, work in uh, being a, what's it called? A, uh, a welder, all trade schools, vocational schools uh, that are needed. I mean, definitely much needed in our society. Absolutely.
0: Well, and I think, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head there where I think that period of time in your life, when you're, trying to decide you choose a major when you're an undergrad and that's supposed to help parlay you into the next thing, which will parlay you into the next thing. And I mean, looking back at my undergrad and we've talked about this before, I fucked around so much when I was an undergrad because I was like the good kid in high school that it was all about getting the grades so that I could get into a good college. And I managed that. But then when I got to college and I was left to my own devices, I screwed around and I partied a lot. And I ended up on academic probation and I eventually chose a major that was fine, but not necessarily something that I was like super excited about. What did you graduate with? Communications, bachelor of arts in communications. Very cool. Um, Yeah. But, and I mean, that's pretty broad. Like there's a lot of things that you can do with that, but you know, I think looking back, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. but knowing what I know now, it's like, I would have maybe focused a little bit more on the art thing, or I would have gone pre-med that would have helped with, you know, my medical ambition that I had and like something that I felt like would have been more useful, but you don't really know. I mean, it's, you kind of, you're just, it's all a crapshoot, man. You're just like, you're figuring it out as you go. So you can't go back. You can only go forward and, I don't have any regrets, but I do think that it's a lot to expect of an eighteen to twenty-year-old to know like what major to choose that's going to put them on the
1: path to be quote successful. How did you go from you know communications, and how long after you you graduated did you go from communications to EMT?
0: Oh, that was a while. I went from I graduated from college and then I went into graphic design first.
1: Um, and then, let's see. So then was in, probably, college, in college, were you practicing graphic design at all? I was just doing like
0: traditional cause I've always drawn and painted and stuff. I didn't really know the, uh, the computer side of it very much. I mean, I had used Photoshop maybe to like, <laughs> to like crop something out or do a red eye removal on a photo or something, but not like, not to the point that I was painting in it or like really editing photos or anything like that. Yeah. Um, But it was probably, I think it was seven years before uh, I went down the, the medical path. And then that was like a year of work before I could even apply to get into it. And then that was six months and then another year of courses, a year of volunteering and then three years like actually working. Wow. as an EMT.
1: Damn. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah it was a while. What, was it like an itch that you had like you know, seven years after or six years after you started doing the graphic design? Was it just like, yeah, man, got to go out there and try something new or got to go see if medicine really is the route I wanted to go or what, what was your inter- reason? I'd always
0: been interested in it, um, but I don't think I really had the courage to try and um i knew that i knew that it would be a lot of work i knew that it came with a lot of expectation and stress because you are dealing with life and death at that point um but it just kind of felt like it would be something that i would be good at and i wanted to better serve my community because i didn't feel like what i was doing at the time was really doing that um you know i was working from home i was a graphic designer and that was fine i think you're providing a service in that way but i wanted to actually be interacting with people i wanted to to give something back i wanted to be a part of a team again um and i think medicine and science is fascinating i just think that there's a lot of things that you can can learn there's a lot of things to learn I learned a lot about myself, I think, first and foremost, from that. Um, And
1: definitely kind of seems like it came full circle a little there and like working alone to working with a community, just in a different field, but now working in the, in the graphic design world in a, in a, in a team.
0: Yep. Well, and I've always needed balance, you know, I think I can't just turn one side of my brain off and focus on the other like one always kind of has to to balance the other one out so i think for everything creative that i have to do i also want to do something that's more practical and scientific and that challenges my thought process in a way that's different from a creative standpoint if that makes sense so i think like even though i'm not doing that anymore i still i still need that i have that thirst for knowledge and that thirst for learning and Maybe it's not medicine now, but it's something else. I've, you know, I'm on a little bit of a political kick right now just because of everything that's going on in our country. But, um, yeah, I think it's just trying... It's all about trying to figure out, kind of like you said, it's like community. It's all about community and talking to people. And you know, I, it comes back to that, really. That's just kind of how I live my life. And I've always... That's always what's motivated me.
1: And then now, now being around family, I would imagine that kind of helps a little bit. Just not only do you have, I, I mean, I, I'd imagine friends as well, obviously having people visit, you know, this, this coming week. Mm-hmm. Um, but having family around must feel kind of nice again. Yeah, maybe, maybe not.
0: It, do, it does. Um, I think, again, you know, I got very used to kind of doing living my own life and not having them around so i'm still sort of that's another thing trying to figure out that because you know i don't want to not see my family but i think i also very much need my space from them too yeah we all do Um, I i think when you're like when you're when you live a state away it's a convenient excuse i think but um but yeah i mean i i do I do like being with my family, but I think I'm more um, short periods of time are good for me, Um, which is nice now that I have my own house that's a half an hour away from anybody. Uh, Because, I don't know, I've always just kind of felt like the odd duck in my family a little bit. So I think a lot of it, I'm sure, is between my ears, but um, it's just sort of been easier for me to... To kind of do my own thing, and you know, hope that I am not disappointing them, and I hope that I'm doing what I can to be a bu- good brother and uncle and son. Um,
1: I think you're doing all the right things. One, one thing that my <laughs> my therapist says, and something that's I think hard for me to believe, but obviously easy for me to to preach. It's just kind of ridiculous, isn't that I always how it goes? Is you you are always enough. Just just existing means that you are enough, and that you have already done the right things, and you've already, you know, you're, you're qualified, you're good, and so yeah. I think no matter what you do in your life, um, friends, family, everybody around you, you're always enough for for everybody, everybody. So you you're doing good things. Absolutely. I have a, I have one question, and I don't know if I've already if you've already told me um, this story or not, but how did you and Derek meet?
0: Oh, <laughs> we met We met on a dating website called OkCupid. I don't know if that still exists anymore.
1: I think it does, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so, but this was pre-apps um, and things like that, and it was a little bit less skeevy, I like to say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because those apps didn't really exist at the time, or if they did, they were up and coming, and I wasn't aware of them, but... Yeah. It kind of helped you like figure out who somebody was just based on uh, you know a typical online dating profile really and if you wanted to invest time in getting to know them and derek um, I think it helped that he was somebody that was in a different profession than me he also was um, somebody who loved animals which was important to me he was he's was at the time training to be a veterinarian so I think that that it's like, this is somebody that's got his shit together and has dreams and ambition and somebody that I think would be a good counterbalance to myself. Um, and yeah, and the rest is history and it'll be uh, nine years in July.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. congratulations. That's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. It's a long time.
0: It is a long time.
1: Did where Where, where did y'all first meet up?
0: at a bar in fort collins colorado nice <laughs> called the called the tap and handle
1: the tap and it's handle. Like, i need
0: i need something real easy so either like a hike or beers or like something that wasn't going to be a whole lot of pressure and that was comfortable and derek was only the the second man that i had attempted to date or have a relationship with i had dated and been with women all through um, high school and college so that was still very new to me Um, and trying to figure that out and again the whole idea of expectation because uh, because guys are a particular way and can be a particular way and I just wanted somebody nice my uh, relationship that I had before Derek ended kind of abruptly and left me with a lot of hanging questions and I wasn't sure that this, like, I, I didn't know anything at that point. It was like a really kind of dark time in my life where I was just reassessing a lot of things about it. And uh, I think Derek kind of came in at a really good point. He called me on my bullshit and he made me laugh. And I was like, okay, this is, I just had a bad experience. And it's unfortunate, but I needed that to be able to find somebody like Derek. So.
1: We we all have that. I think whether you're, you know, your orientation, just be be good to people. I feel like it should be as as simple as that. Like, holy shit. Like, there's no need to do wrong by others. I feel like I definitely, um, I mean, I've definitely been a person where maybe didn't make the right decisions in a relationship. Um, Definitely have messed up in my life as well. But, I mean... I think as long as your intentions are good then I think you know just just be a good person you're going to mess up but accept those accept those fuck ups and don't do them again but if you're like blatantly just going out there to fuck with people I just I, I just don't understand it and I have no respect for it I just I just don't, I, don't I just like don't get that. it. I
0: mean and I think that's just one of those things like cuz again I am far from perfect and I have made my fair share of mistakes but I think generally speaking I I'm a good person and i care about people and you know and i communicate i'm a like i'm a good communicator and i think you you owe people that especially people that you have any kind of respect or care for i think you at least owe them that like just be decent be kind it's not it's really not that hard to be decent and kind
1: it really isn't i feel like it takes much more effort to go out to somebody and to call like to be an asshole just to be an asshole. I just like like thinking about putting myself in that position. Maybe I'm a little anti-con. Like I don't do well with confrontation necessarily. Um, but, <laughs> don't take <her. laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's like I put myself in that situation. I want to like go to somebody and like, hey asshole. It's like who does that? Like, man, I, I would like that. I'd have to work out some courage in order to like, just go up to someone and start talking shit to them. Now they're being an asshole and you know, something else, but just to like randomly just be upset with people. I just, I just don't get it.
0: Derek's actually, this is, I mean, one of the many things that I love about Derek is really good at like intellectual ass kicking. So he can stand toe to toe with you and maintain a cool level head and just kick your ass with his words and the way that he will deconstruct your side of it or whatever and it's like it is such a gift and I just I'm not great at it I'm <laughs> learning to be better at it but I just because he still is respectful and he's still like he just is able to do it in such a way that you almost don't know that you just got your ass handed to you but <laughs> i mean that's like i mean it is a gift and I've not really met too many people that have it, but he's really good at
1: it. Well, I think just being around him, you know, you'll you'll, you'll, you'll <laughs> yeah. get it. Even if you feel like, man, I'm not as good as him, you're going to walk around and then you're, you're going to get into an argument with somebody and you're going to do the same thing and they're going to feel the way you feel when you see him do it to other people or, uh, yeah, yeah, I think. I think it's, it's just, just it's all, different.
0: it's like all in knowing what, it's like you have to be good with, and he's wonderful with people. Like you just, because otherwise you can really let yourself get taken advantage of and walked all over. So you have to know your own boundaries. You have to know, you have to know the people that you're interacting with and you have to know like how far you can go and what's too far. Like he's just, he's naturally very good at it. And I think that that's also one of the things that makes him a good doctor because he's, he's got a cool level head and he provides excellent care for his patients. And because he's a veterinarian, you also have to do double duty with their owner. Yeah. And you you can't be a veterinarian if you're crappy with people. Like, you might be able to do great on the medical side with the animal. But if you can't interact with the owner, then you should probably be in a lab somewhere close closed behind a door where you're not interacting with anybody. Because, like, people don't – you don't want to – A shitty, uh, general practitioner. When you go to the doctor, it's the same thing with a veterinarian. You want somebody that you can trust that is going to shoot you straight and, you know, do whatever they can to help you.
1: I, I know a veterinarian, um, personally, and, you know, I always thought there was so much money involved in, in that field of medicine and, every single time like we'll go to hangouts and stuff and all, all of our friends are, are veterinarians and it's always like yeah no you, you're not in this field for the money at all like us doctors versus human doctors like there is a significant difference in pay but they do almost the same job like i mean they do do the same job um still prescribing medicine still doing all the things there's just a there's a difference in in just the animal that you're working with, either you're either with humans or you're with dogs, but all of the physiology still is almost quite the same. Like her and I will go back and forth mm-hmm. talking about um, just d- different um, like symptoms that an animal could be having. They came in, didn't couldn't couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, so then they're trying to you know sit down and figure it all out. And I was like, man, I you know I don't know a lot, but I know some some physiology, and I was like, man, this is gotta it's it's interesting to hear like how much how similar it is to human medicine.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's another thing that because I know quite a few doctors and people still on the, on the human side of it. Um, there is this misconception that veterinarians aren't really doctors. I don't know how many people could actually think that when, I mean, if you're a pet owner and you need a doctor for your pet, like, I don't know how you could ever think that, uh, this person that you're taking them to is not a real doctor. But there there are people that believe that. And it's insulting to me that there is that discrepancy between the two, because they're just as valuable, they're just as smart, they're just as skilled. And, you know, if you if you talk to a veterinarian, like you said, I mean, you, you're able to work through a lot of the same things in very similar ways. I mean, the anatomy is different. And The medications that you would prescribe and how much is obviously going to be different but you know you're still dealing with a body and a functioning body and trying to to traverse whatever's going on so
1: and and pets just have so much like you know there's there's there are people in some stories that i've heard um where people spend just wild amounts of money on their pets cuz I mean, they're 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 trusting you to take care of their pet and the pets are just their their family they're, they mean, they mean so much so i think you you're dealing with not not just knowing that the life of that that is in your hands is it may possibly in pain but also the person the the actual owner is also um, struggling and and sometimes they can't always afford it cuz you know there is no insurance or at least from what i understand um, yeah. so it's, it's a little bit more expensive so it's just you know, it's it's hard to see some some people who just can't afford it, unfortunately. Um Absolutely. But yeah, and, and yeah. Derek's not just a just a veterinarian, he's he's a uh cardiovascular veterinarian. Yes. That, right? He's a cardiologist. Yeah, he's, yep. Yeah, he's a cardiologist. He's a
0: full fledged cardiologist now. That's why we were in um college station to begin with, because he was getting his residency at A and M.
1: Passes boards and all good things. Yes. Is he working for a um just like a family-owned clinic or?
0: Yeah, he's in private practice now. So it's a big parent company, and they have an office here that he, um, that he works for.
1: very cool. I know, like when you guys were leaving, it was kind of like I don't know where we're gonna go. I don't know if we you know what's gonna take him. What's what's gonna be open. Um, but I mean, I'm glad he, they definitely found a spot. And then parents are all kind of coming together and. It seems like it's, it's working out. Like it's coming, it's unfolding pretty, pretty nicely. It is
0: actually. Um, And that part really has been great. I think Derek didn't really know my family too well when we moved here. Um, So I like that. He's been able to get to know them better and they've been able to get to know him better. And, you know, a lot of our vacation travels that we'd had before um, we went to Derek's family, lake home in Minnesota. So, I obviously had gotten to know his family very well, and I was happy that he was now going to get to to know mine and his parents actually built a house out in Goodyear, Arizona, so they're about forty five minutes away from us and so they're here now half the year, which is nice. so we get both sets of families that spend time here, and everybody's kind of gotten to know each other a little bit, so it's been good Very sweet.
1: What are your what are your future plans? Like what do you, what do you want what do you want to do in the next 5 years, Adam? Oh god, that's a good question. Um I
0: would love to I think professionally speaking, I think I would like to be able to parlay what I'm doing into a little bit more of a leadership role. Um I like the creative side, but I also really like working more with people and trying to solve problems, I think that that's just appealing to me. So I would like to be able to kind of lend my voice to that. Um, and if not that, I'm also still freelancing on the side a little bit. Um, and I've picked up a couple of small deals here and there, which some people just kind of randomly reached out to me on Instagram and said that they liked some of my work and wanted to collaborate. So I'm doing a few things like that. And I also really do love that. So um, there is a part of me that thinks like in a perfect world, I would love to be able to go back to Colorado at some point and have like a day job in a brewery where I'm interacting with people, pouring beer and talking to whoever's coming in and just learning people's stories and then being able to paint and draw on the side. That would be That's what I would love to do.
1: That sounds like a pretty good life.
0: I think that that just sounds appealing to me. And then, to live somewhere where you can just throw your shit in the car and go skiing for a weekend, or go on a hiking trip. I mean, Colorado's just beautiful for all that stuff. And and I do miss it. It would be it would be nice to have an opportunity to to go back there at some point. But
1: do you have uh, any hiking trails where you are?
0: Oh yeah. We actually live like five minutes from one, which is fantastic. It's not a super difficult one. It's a pretty quick, like hour loop. So like go up to summit this like little hill and then back. Um, but it's easy cause we have, we have a dog, we have goose and he's got a lot of energy. So uh, we can just take him down there and do a quick hike and come back if we wanted to. So it's really, it's nice. There's, a, there's, I mean, there's a ton of hiking here. We did, we did uh, one of the more popular ones in town. And I actually had a little bit of a, not a medical emergency, but I, we did it probably a little bit too uh, early in the fall. It was still really hot. It was still basically summer. And it was over 100 degrees by the time we were coming down. Oh. And I kind of blacked out a little oh <laughs> on the way gosh. down. So it was just like, ugh. Yeah, that's He's, wild. Uh, you really got to plan the time that you're going to go do some of these climbs. Otherwise you're screwed. And I had a ton of water with me too, but
1: otherwise was, you're blacking uh, out. And that's not any good. Yeah. Well, lots of, lots of good things. Lots of good plans that happen in the future. I feel like I had more questions for you, but uh, my last question for you is going to be looking back one failure or perceived failure that ended up becoming a success.
0: I don't know if this really is like a failure so much as uh, it just was what it was, but I when Derek got his residency in college Station, we were not living in the same place, so I was in Colorado, and then he did uh, an internship year in Indiana. And he had ranked Colorado state very high on his match list and he didn't get it. And he got his next one, which was A&M. But I kind of viewed that as a little bit of a failure because I was like, I did not want to move to college station, Texas. Yeah. (laughs) It just felt, it felt very like, just scary to me. I was scared to do it. And, um, you know, I had a couple of things that happened early on when we were in College Station that really kind of freaked me out a little. And and I just, it, it felt very, de- like, I felt very defeated at that point. Like, this is where I'm living, this is my life, and this is how it's going to be. And it just, it was probably, like, the lowest that I've ever been. And then I think, this is actually kind of a fitting question. And then I met you, honestly. And you kind of showed me this new path to take of something that I was, again, too scared to try because I wasn't sure I was going to be good at it or that I could do it. And you gave me an outlet. You gave me a way to survive my experience. And you showed me that I was strong enough not only to learn how to power lift, but to survive my short time, really, in the grand scheme of things, in this town that I never really wanted to live in. So I think I found this belief in myself that I really didn't know was there, and I learned a lot, and I grew, and I'm happy that I did it. I mean, that is a very significant time in my life for, you know, a lot of very difficult, hard reasons, but I also learned a lot about myself in that process, too, and you know part of the reason why I feel like I've continued on my path to working out and lifting and wanting to continue my education with all of that uh, was because of you and that time so you know I can never thank you enough for that I mean it just it gave me so many great tools that I'm still using today so and a lot of that is (laughs) due to you so well
1: I'm I wish, I wish you were here. I think this is a good, a good <laughs> moment for for, bro hug. I for, for a bro hug. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I definitely appreciate it. And seeing you grow is definitely an awesome experience and I'm glad to hear that you're still using a lot of those things. And it had, had that kind of an impact. It's kind of, it's kind of wild to, uh, to hear. I don't, I don't think we ever re I don't think anyone ever really realizes, um, the impact that we can make on people. Um, so I, I I appreciate it and I'm and I'm really happy for you, Adam. I really am.
0: Yeah, happy for you. This is amazing. I love this, and I, you know, I hope this continu- I hope you continue to do these, and you know, I'm looking forward to listening and hearing your conversations with other people, and it's just it's wonderful. I'm I'm really happy that you're doing this. So.
1: Well, I yeah. appreciate it, and best believe you're going to be on again. So. All
0: right, I'd be, I'd be happy to anytime time. Beautiful. Anytime. Well.
1: Thank you for coming on. Thank you for everybody, everybody for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ben Novato's podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and all other major podcast hosting platforms. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes.